You've seen our research on social media. Now, join us as we dive deeper into the public health topics of our time, featuring new studies and findings generated by our faculty and researchers committed to advancing health equity. From the Department of Population and Public Health Sciences at Keck School of Medicine of USC, this is Preventive Pros, the podcast. My name is Roxana Karim. I am an associate professor um, within the Population and Public Health Sciences Department at the Keck School of Medicine. My primary responsibility within the department is includes both research and teaching. So I teach several core courses uh, within the Masters of Public Health uh, program for both the online and the in-person classes. I also teach a core class for the undergraduate students. My primary research interest is in women's health. In particular, I am interested in uh, menopause and menopause-associated uh, chronic inflammatory diseases in women, which includes cardiovascular disease, uh, bone loss, and cognitive decline. Uh, in addition to menopause-related health outcomes, I have also uh, uh, had um, vast interest in um, HIV/AIDS and other sexually transmitted diseases. I uh, was involved with the Women's Interagency HIV Study, which is a national uh, a cohort study funded by NIH, um, and um, that has been, you know, going on for. Um, 18 some years now. Um, and I published heavily on the on um, immunopathogenesis of HIV uh, AIDS in women. And also I published on uh, um, endocrine, metabolic, and cardiovascular um, effects of HIV and HIV medication um, in women. But today, I'm going to focus on my work in menopause and menopause-associated health outcomes in women. So menopause is an inevitable event in every woman's life if we survive that long. And there are some adverse health um, effects of menopause um, in women's health. Primary symptoms uh, are, are a constellation of symptoms that women experience uh, because of menopause, which is actually a cessation of production of female sex hormones by the ovaries. Um, and as a consequence, women feel extreme hot flushes um, that are disruptive of their day-to-day -day activity and productivity. And then night sweats, mood swing, um, and also uh, memory-related issues also start to uh, show up around that time. In addition to these quality of life issues, women also experience changes in their metabolic health, which actually eventually increases the risk of uh, cardiovascular disease, as well as some of the other chronic inflammatory uh, conditions such as osteoporosis or bone loss, and also um, decline in their cognitive skills. 
So looking at these um, changes in the women, in the key women around me, I, I grew up with my mother, my, my grandmothers, my aunts. Um, and it, it obviously it feels like it's not fair. Um, and uh, we need to do something about it. That was the response growing up. And when I went to medical school, I did uh, learn the underlying mechanism of uh, these changes in women's, you know, uh, reproductive health that comes with age. And like I said, it's inevitable. So that actually inspired me to focus on these. And then when I started uh, my doctoral work, um, there is this very clear data showing uh, the increased risk of um, atherosclerosis and cardiovascular disease in women um, right after menopause. So um, that inspired me to take a look at um, these issues uh, at a molecular level involving the sex steroid hormones, particularly estradiol levels, and these um, metabolic um, markers and atherosclerotic changes in women. That's what I started out with. As a matter of fact, these issues have been in question and being um, looked at uh, for a while. I mean, not, not just now. Where I grew up um, in Southeast Asia, Bangladesh, I mean, um, when, when I was in even med school, um, there was no concept of, of hormone therapy or availability of hormone therapy for the women in that part of the world. However, when I moved to the U.S. in 1998, I do see um, the practice of hormone therapy uh, in the Western women. But around that time, when I, when I was uh, starting with my doctoral work, there was this huge issue about, you know, huge study results, reports coming out, which was like a um, the study was terminated prematurely, and um, there were a lot of uproar about the re reports from that study that women were experiencing um, adverse health effects like blood clots and stroke because they were put on um, hormone therapy. And, and uh, that actually inspired me, you know, even more to look at this and uh, I mean, uh, you would think that a supplementation of estradiol would help you. And uh, I looked, I started looking up the literature and it does help you in all the observational study evidence point toward that, that it does help women and the women uh, have a much better quality of life and uh, all the other parameters as well. However, um, that point on, the research started uh, looking at, at uh, things differently. And there were uh, quite a few, uh, you know, major research coming uh, as a consequence of that uh, study, which was named as the uh, Women's Health Initiative Study, WHI. The first report, the premature report came out uh, in uh, 2002, actually. And as a consequence of that, um, the prescription pattern for, um, for hormone replacement therapy uh, went down significantly in the U.S. and around the globe as well. And um, so I started following the literature very, very you know, closely. At the same time, I started my own research looking at estradiol levels in women 
um, and uh, their relationship with metabolic markers and progression of atherosclerosis, which is the thickening of, of the arteries. That's the you know, primary reason why people suffer from cardiovascular disease. So my, my research showed that higher levels of estradiol level in women um, were beneficial in terms of reducing the progression of uh, atherosclerosis or thickening of the arterial walls. Um, however, uh, the clinical trial reports um, from WHI um, you know, indicated otherwise. And, and uh, the health effects actually were in um, uh, involving blood clots and stroke, completely different uh, pathology. Anyway, so there were subsequent studies coming out of WHI um, looking at uh, different formulation of uh, the hormones. The initial report that study included um, progesterone and estradiol um, uh, regimen, which is called combined therapy. Um, and subsequently, they uh, initiated, I mean, they published another report from, uh, um, from the same study, but this time the women were, were randomized to estradiol alone versus placebo. And that showed no effect, no adverse effect, uh, no adverse cardiovascular effect, meaning no benefit either, uh, but no adverse effect either. Um, so uh, that point on, a lot of re-analysis um, of WHI data has happened and and eventually what we learn now is it depends a lot on when the women are initiating the hormone therapy. It has to be uh, soon after um, they start experiencing menopause, perimenopause, or early postmenopause. Um, and um, that, that took another, you know, four or five years of analysis to um, understand. So um, for all of these, um, I mean, I was, I was heavily involved with this research and uh, subsequently had done, um, published many articles on this area. So this is the story of, uh, you know, inspiration for my work involving menopause and menopause-associated health outcomes. So bone loss is one of the major uh, adverse health effects of menopause. And, um, and just, you know, uh, you know, frankly speaking, I mean, estradiol is the only, um, you know, treatment for prevention of bone loss. And that has been shown in many, many research. Um, there, I mean, no alternative works as good as estradiol. And um, I also actually published um, uh, an important work on this, where I looked at about eighty thousand postmenopausal women who were receiving healthcare uh, at the Kaiser Permanente uh, facility um, (HMO), and I looked at their um, um, hormone replacement um, therapy re health record within the Kaiser uh, database uh, uh, EMR, electronic medical record, going back to 2002, 
Um, so I followed all those women who were on hormone therapy uh, in 2002 and then followed them up for an average six years and, and uh, tracked their record of hormone therapy intake. And, and a lot of women, substantial number of women came out of hormone therapy um, post-2002. So I also um, looked at the changes in their bone density, bone mineral density, or BMD, um, over those six years, um, you know, side by side, um, their usage of hormone therapy or not, and showed a significant, um, you know, um, decrease in their bone mineral density um, with stopping the hormone therapy over that six years. So that paper um, yeah, actually got a lot of attention, uh, a lot of media um, coverage and press, and eventually was included within the um, US uh, um, Task Force for Clinical Practice of Women's Health and Hormone Therapy Research. Uh, the third outcome that's also a very important, which is cognitive decline. Um, and on this area, the evidence is not as clear as osteoporosis, effect of uh, estradiol on osteoporosis, but uh, we are still, um, I mean, uh, from, the, from the clinical trial, the data that I have used for most of my work, um, early versus late intervention with uh, estradiol, elite trial. And uh, uh, that study, we also didn't find any beneficial effect of estradiol therapy in postmenopausal women for their cognitive decline. There was no um, benefit of that. Um, so we are looking more and more into this. Um, and uh, and there have been some recent uh, developments from other groups who are showing that um, that it might help, and then others are showing no results. So we are still trying to sort this out: who are the ones who benefit from estradiol therapy and who don't. There has been tremendous change in um, practice of women health back uh, in Bangladesh, and I have been in touch. I actually initiated some new public health research in Bangladesh uh, recently, but I have been in touch with their clinical practice and everything, and I go give talks over there. Um, and uh, yes, um, there, uh, I mean, women, hormone therapy has been included within the clinical practice of women health um, uh, for, for years now. I mean, I would say early, early 2000 or late 2000, that's when it, it started becoming popular and uh, and clinicians also started prescribing that. We definitely need more research involving the effect of estradiol therapy on cognitive decline. Uh, so far, um, it has been tested in uh, many studies and the research, I mean, the, the results are mixed. Um, so we we definitely need to look at this more closely and you know identify the high risk uh, women who will benefit um, from estradiol therapy because there is indication that estradiol should help with with uh, um, cognitive skills 
Um, however, we haven't been able to see this consistently across different research that, that is available at the moment. As a matter of fact, um, the, the damage that has been done by the initial WHI reports um, and the population, they, I mean, they, it was never really um, clarified um, uh, with force. So it is well disseminated. That hasn't uh, happened yet, I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, however, uh, things come uh, with its own evidence. I mean, uh, no matter how much you believe in something, you need to have enough evidence to um, support your statement. Now the evidence is there, but still it is not being disseminated as it should be. So I I don't think uh, we have done enough to uh, remove the the you know false perception or or misperception about hormone therapy. Um, um, and then on that regard, I'll mention one other health outcome that has been linked to it hormone therapy, um, that is breast cancer. Initial days there were, I mean, it was uh, uh, perceived as it increased, it's going to increase the risk of uh, breast cancer as well. Interestingly, it did uh, with the combination therapy. However, uh, the WHI estradiol alone um, arm that that part of the trial, it clearly showed no association, if anything, and its benefit. But, you know, those things are not being um, uh, promoted as strongly as it should be. So definitely there are misperception, misconception uh, about hormone therapy in women community, including practitioners. Preventive Pros, the podcast, is produced by the Department of Population and Public Health Sciences at Keck School of Medicine of USC. To learn more about any of our episodes or to subscribe to our monthly Preventive Dose newsletter featuring the latest in public health research and news, visit pphs.usc.edu forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.